Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We spent a lot of time talking on this podcast about this bizarro world that we live in, where the irrational seems to supersede the rational. And one of those big moments and one of the most glaring examples of that is throughout COVID, where we have discarded things like natural immunity, where we have ignored vaccine injury, vaccine death, where we have listened and continue to listen as a society to people like Dr. Fauci, who has gotten everything wrong. And not only has he gotten everything wrong, but has a vested interest in covering up the truth when it comes to where COVID originated because of the NIH's work and funding of gain of function at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So we are very fortunate to have leaders in this country, to have doctors, scientists who have spoken out, who have been fearless in speaking out. We've had a lot of those individuals on this podcast, people like Dr. Atlas, people like Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, people like Dr. Martin Koldorf, people like Dr. Pierre Corey. The, the list goes on of the people we've had on the Dr. Harvey Risch. The, the list goes on of the people we've had on this podcast who have been brave and bold. Uh, Dr. Joseph Latipo recently. And I'm going to add Dr. Peter McCullough to that list as well. He is one of the most published cardiologists in America with over 1000 publications and 600 citations and the National Library of Medicine. He's an internist, a cardiologist, an epidemiologist as well. Uh, and he was also one of the pioneers in leading the country at the outset of the pandemic with dozens of peer-reviewed publications on the infection, uh, also talking about protocols and ways that we could respond to COVID early on. This doesn't always make you a, a popular person. He was banned from Twitter for a period of time. Again, we've had these conversations on here about how there's not been a consensus about COVID, that the science has not been settled, but they've tried to manufacture one. They've tried to force this consensus through censorship, through uh, attacking people who speak out, uh, revoking medical licenses from people who speak out. So we're going to get into all of this with Dr. Peter McCullough. Talk about what exactly is mRNA? What does it do to the heart? As a cardiologist, what is he saying? 
What are the dangers of the vaccine? What do you need to know? And, and how do we arrive at this place of insanity, particularly when we have had so many people who are esteemed, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, who have warned us, who have told us the truth, who have tried to bring rational conversations to the country in an age of irrational behavior and irrational thought process? And also, why is our government so dead set on getting vaccines in the arms of so many Americans. What's the why behind that? So much to talk to with Dr. Peter McCall, who's been fearless in all of this. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. So, Dr. Peter McCullough, thanks so much for joining the show, sir. I really appreciate your voice uh, throughout COVID. I know it's not been easy, but uh, we have needed people like you. So I, I appreciate everything you've done to, to speak up and tell people the truth. So thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, doctor, you're one of the most published cardiologists in America with over a thousand publications and 600 citations in the natural, the National Library of Medicine. Why are so many people ignoring concerns regarding the mRNA vaccines? The vaccine program has been unprecedented in terms of flows of money. The COVID-19 community core uh, is a program from the White House and the Department of Health and Human Services in 2021. It's on their website. Over $13 billion flowed to doctor organizations, to churches, to media and Hollywood, to Black and Hispanic groups, to the National Football League. And that money flowed with talking points. And the talking points were to support these vaccines. Pfizer and Moderna hired Weber Shandwick, uh, one of the most prominent PR marketing firms in the United States, and they initiated a plan called Plan VX, which uh, was to get their marketing people inside corporate America to push these vaccines, to push vaccine mandates. Weber Shandwick had an embedded unit in the CDC to actually promote Pfizer and Moderna to the CDC, and the CDC paid Weber Shandwick. The corruption is wide open right now. Money is flowing, and it's all for the promotion of these vaccines. That's how this has gotten off the rails. So hearing that, and just looking at health more broadly, how much of what we are told is actually true? Yeah, you know, in terms of the vaccines, everyone knows that every medicinal product has risks and benefits. Every product does. There's no perfect medicine. There's no perfect vaccine. So when we see an advertisement for a medicine on TV, let's take Humira. That's actually the, the leading sales uh, drug in the United States. You know, Humira is used for psoriasis and a whole variety of uh, autoimmune conditions. There's always the benefits given in the TV commercial, and then there's the risks like contracting tuberculosis, having other problems. There's always disclaimers. So when America sees advertisements on TV by the CDC, by Pfizer Moderna, that say the COVID-19s are safe and effective and just take one, they, the Americans know that's illegal advertising. That that's, cannot occur in our country because the vaccines must be uh, presented uh, in terms of their theoretical benefits and the risks that we're seeing. And when it's safe and effective, 
as a talk government talking point, that violates the Truth in Advertising Act, the U.S. Drug and Cosmetic Act, and the Landman Act, even up to the President of the United States. The President of the United States has violated drug promotion law. Well, and of course, we know that it's been a forced consensus, as you sort of laid out before, with the money flowing in the direction of being pro you know, COVID vaccines. We also know that people have been silenced. You've been silenced, uh, shut down, shut out of Twitter for a period of time. People have lost their medical licenses as well for speaking up and, and speaking out. So, you know, it's not even a real consensus. It's it's a manufactured consensus, a forced consensus. There hasn't been any dialogue. You know, I've testified in the U.S. Senate multiple times, most recently on December 7th, 2022, and I co-moderated the session. We have uh, we read the invitation list of who was invited to come to this session in this Kennedy caucus room. We are in the Russell building, and that included Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Lewinsky and our Surgeon General Murthy, our White House Corona, Corona Task Force Coordinator Ja. Uh, they were all invited, FDA Chairman uh, Caleb. They were invited, and as public servants, they have a duty to attend and to learn from experts who are caring for COVID-19 patients, publishing their findings, uh, who are um, leading advancements in the field. And this has been multiple U.S. Senate sessions, and they refuse to attend. So there is no dialogue because those who are advancing the vaccine agenda don't wish to engage in dialogue. Well, I remember when Joe Biden took the stage at a CNN town hall, I believe it was in July of, uh, I want to say, I don't remember, I think it was 2021, I believe, saying that the vaccines would prevent you from getting COVID when we had just all witnessed uh, a bunch of the the Texas Democrats had come down to Washington, D.C. They were all allegedly vaccinated and it ended up being a super spreader event. And then there was also, my understanding, a, a July 4th study that the CDC had been looking at out of Provincetown, Massachusetts, where 75 percent of a cluster were all vaccinated individuals. So at this point, when he took the stage, at the point in September when he announced vaccine mandates, they knew that vaccinated people were getting and spreading COVID, yet they did it anyways. It's true. What happened is there were false claims for the vaccine program. The first false claim was that the vaccines prevent one from actually getting COVID. And the CDC was collecting data on those fully vaccinated who are being hospitalized and dying of COVID-19. And that's through the spring of 2021. By May 1st, the CDC was overwhelmed with cases and they announced we will no longer track this. They gave up. So the first claim that the vaccines prevent COVID-19, that claim went down. The the second claim was that it prevented transmission. So uh, the president said this, all the late night talk hosts shows said that. Rachel Maddow had a whole monologue on this. Embarrassingly, they they said this. uh, so did uh, uh, every um, every government official said this. And when all these transmission events occurred among fully vaccinated to fully vaccinated, uh, it was clear there were published studies, one by Chow, uh, Charian, Rhymerisma, Corsi. They all showed that the vaccinated were loaded with virus up in their nose when they presented for testing. And they easily passed it to other vaccinated, unvaccinated people. So Rochelle Lewinsky came out in the summer of 2021 and said, uh, hold on here. The vaccines don't prevent transmission. Okay, so that claim went down. There was only one final claim was that the vaccines 
reduce the risk of hospitalization and death. Well, the CDC was already overwhelmed with these failure cases called breakthrough cases. Uh, and we've never had a prospective randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial showing that the vaccines reduce hospitalization and death as a primary secondary endpoint. So, there, so there's no evidence for these claims. And if one looks at the uh, consent form that you signed to take a vaccine, there's only one benefit listed in the consent form. And that is the vaccines have been, past tense, shown to reduce the risk of COVID, period, period. That's past tense. That means with the very early original trials with the ancestral Wuhan strain, the vaccines did reduce some cases of COVID. That's all gone away now since the virus has mutated and all the data has come out. So there are no supportable claims of benefit now for the COVID-19 vaccines, none. So where did these claims originate from? Was it the vaccine manufacturers? Was it the White House or, or kind of, you know, who sort of started some of these initial claims? The claims are all uh, from the emergency use authorization mechanism, which is a military mechanism. So when the vaccines were rolled out, uh, it was Alex Azar, HHS, and the Department of Defense that rolls out the vaccines. Pfizer and Moderna, Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca outside the United States, Novavax, um, they're essentially defense, they're shields for defense contractors. So it's important for people to understand. So for instance, Moderna doesn't make its own vaccine. It's made by a company called BioDefense, and they are a defense contractor for the research division of the military called DARPA. And they have a big plant up in Mississauga. For um, Johnson Johnson AstraZeneca, which are adenoviral vaccines, they're made by Emergent Biosolutions outside of um, Baltimore, Maryland. So under the emergency use authorized contracts, the disturbing thing is there are no inspections for safety, quality, or purity of the vaccines as they get put into the vials, none. So Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca, they don't even know what's in the vials. They're made by defense contractors. All of this is in the open. One can just make a few clicks. Everything I'm saying is is easily uh, identifiable on the internet. And that's the reason why the variation in lot to lots is thought to be explaining why some people are injured and lose their life with the vaccines and others are perfectly fine. It probably has to do with the quantity of genetic material, messenger RNA, that's in each file. And for those at home, what is mRNA and what does it do to the body? mRNA is a form of genetic material. Uh, it's loaded on lipid nanoparticles. It's injected into the arm. It's circulating in the body within an hour. It distributes to the brain, the heart, the adrenal glands, the reproductive organs. It gets sent all over the body. Then the genetic code is taken up into cells in those organs, and then the cells begin to produce the spike protein. The spike protein is the spine on the surface of the virus. Uh, it's the protein that's loaded with all the lethal effects of the virus. Uh, it damages every cell it touches, probably destroys it. Uh, it causes blood clotting, causes heart damage, neurologic damage, um, causes autoimmunity. Uh, the spike protein is probably the most dangerous protein we've ever seen in human medicine. I think it's far more dangerous than staphylococcal toxin or tetanus toxin. So to have the genetic code for this lethal protein and then inject it in individuals and have production of this potentially fatal protein for an uncontrolled duration of time and an uncontrolled quantity uh, is the most reckless medical idea ever conceived. And I published this in an op-ed in The Hill in August of 2020 before the vaccines rolled out. And I told lawmakers in Washington that this was the greatest gamble of, of all time. In fact, it has been. 
Uh, so many people have died within a few hours of taking this. They literally take the shot and they die. The CDC, as of December 9th, 2022, admits to 15,732 Americans that have died, many just shortly after taking the shot. And this is greatly underreported. And in FDA testimony over the last two years, multiple experts, multiple epidemiologists, the underreporting factor for that number is probably about 30, meaning then it's 30 times 15,000. So the number of Americans who have lost their lives by a reasonable estimate is 450,000 people have died attributable to the vaccine. Quick commercial break. Back with Dr. Peter McCullough. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Why do you think they led with mRNA vaccines as opposed to, you know, traditional vaccines like the Johnson & Johnson? Why mRNA? Because they had it already uh, planned. So DARPA, the the research unit of the military, announced a program called the ADEPT P3 program in 2012. And P3 stands for um, a Pandemic Protection Preparedness Program. And it's on their website. You can look it up, DARPA ADEPT P3. And in 2012, they said they will use messenger RNA technology to end pandemics in 60 days. So DARPA, the research unit of the military, uh, and then BARDA, the research unit of the NIH, was already working with messenger RNA. And they had DARPA contractors and consultants that were guiding them that this could be a new genetic tool to be used in the military. To, so the military would be um, strengthened against biological threats. This is all in the, the new era of biological weaponry, where 
uh, one adversary would have a biological weapon and, and on defense, one would have to come up with a solution with it. So our military has been in this biological threat development um, arena for quite some time. And they have programs for smallpox, monkeypox, for um, anthrax, for, uh, for SARS-CoV-2 since 2012. So this was ready to go. It wasn't started when President Trump said Operation Warp Speed, we're going to come up with vaccines. And then three days later, Moderna says we have a vaccine. <laughs> that, that's not what happened. Moderna got its first flow of money from the U.S. government in 2013 to start working on this. But they hadn't previously had one on the market like this, correct? In, in terms of this wide scale, you know, mass produced in everyone's arms. They'd been trying, but... No, they had tried development-wise. There had never been a commercialized product. Um, for emergency use authorization, by the way, EUA, that's always military. So this has never been a mechanism to use on the public. Uh, the anthrax vaccines, for instance, were used in the military. Same thing with smallpox. But it's, it's, not, a, it's not a U.S. commercial mechanism. So this is the first time that a military program was directed towards the general public. And uh, the, the companies, in a sense, are marketing shields. Uh, money flows to Pfizer and Moderna, for instance, and then it flows right to these back to these defense contractors who make the, the vaccine. I think a lot of Amer Americans don't understand the military nature of this. And the military nature of this explains a lot, because that's the reason why the government's taken this stance that, listen, we don't have to disclose any safety concerns. Uh, we don't give any exemptions to everybody. Everybody has to take it. You know, those are kind of military stances to take, and they're not clinical ones that we take in practice. Uh, no doctor embraces the idea that everybody can take the same product. Um, another interesting uh, observation is uh, that the U.S. government has never indicated which vaccine is better. You know, there's now uh, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson, Novavax. There must be a winner. There must be a loser. Uh, governments and employers, they don't seem to care. They just say, take a vaccine, take any vaccine. None of that makes sense. Well, I've refused to get it. Uh, you know, I'm 37. I'm I'm not young, but I'm youngish. You know, <laughs> I'm healthy. I don't. So I've not gotten it. I've, I've made it very public. I, I'm not getting it. I wrote an op-ed and a column uh, outlining, uh, you know, back in November of 2021. It was not well received. Like, as you can imagine, people don't like it if, if you speak up uh, against it. Is there a difference between the vaccines that were approved for emergency use authorization and then the ones that were approved, like full FDA approval? Because you were mentioning that, you know, we don't even necessarily like each batch could theoretically be different. So then how do you you know, how does that approval process work? What should people know about that? Did they do the full testing that needs to be done, considering this was all done in such a short manner? You know, I have been on I'm a frequent contributor on Fox News. America sees me, you know, virtually every week or every month. Uh, on national TV, and and I've said very clearly, uh, very early on in the pandemic, that no one under age 50 should consider taking this vaccine, because there's no assurances on short or long-term safety. And people under age 50, uh, by and large, COVID-19 is like having a common cold. So the the risks uh, are are not, uh, you know, outweighed by theoretical benefits. So I've been very clear with America on that, and. Um, as a doctor who treats COVID-19, I've developed treatment protocols. I'm one of the most published people in COVID-19 in the world. I have medical authority to make that um, determination for the country, and I have. And many people like you listened. So, no, no one under age uh, 50 should be taking this vaccine. Now, people uh, over age 50, 
early on with medical problems considered it and they'd have to weigh out the risks and benefits. Uh, but now we've had so many analyses uh, pouring in that they can't be considered safe for anyone. And so there are calls to pull these off the market. There have been strict warnings from the World Council for Health now for two years now, June 11, 2022. They simply said, pull them off the market. Uh, we concluded in the U.S. Senate on December 7th of 2022, pull them off the market. Andrew Bridgeton, a member of Parliament UK, public statement, pull them off the market. Same thing, Malcolm Roberts in Australia, now calls across India. So uh, believe me, you made the right choice by not taking the vaccine. I didn't take it either. I'm 60. I'm fit and strong. I've already had COVID. I would never consider taking a genetic injection in my body. Never. Now, none of these vaccines are fully FDA approved. In August of 2021, both Pfizer and Moderna got biological licensing agreement letters that said you could get full FDA approval if you did the right cardiac studies and had the right language in, in, in the package insert about uh, dangers in pregnancy and to the fetus. And the companies never did the studies. So uh, they have not garnered full FDA approval. And you know that because they're still offered free by the government. When they get fully FDA approved, they'll be paid for by insurance or people have to pay for it out of pocket. They'll have a full package insert. So people know that they're not FDA approved right now. They're still government emergency use authorized, not ready for prime time vaccines. Well, that was one of my concerns, too, is, you know, does it impact fertility with the mRNA? And, you know, what would that I don't have kids yet. I want them. I'm already 37. So I'm already testing the water. So it's like I don't really need to add anything additionally that's going to, you know, make that, uh, you know, more difficult. Uh, do we know do we have an idea about what it might do to fertility and to having children in the future or you're pregnant and you go out and get the vaccine? What we know is that. <clears throat> The biodistribution study done by Pfizer for Japan, Japanese officials showed the vaccines go to the mammalian ovaries, which is very disturbing. So we've never had a vaccine that actually hits the ovaries. And the ovaries have a set number of eggs as the genetic payload is downloaded into the female ovarian cells and the spike proteins expressed. I can tell you uh, almost invariably a woman is going to lose eggs by taking each vaccine shot. Now in men, there's two good studies, uh, one from Israel published in Andreology and the other one published in JAMA by the Chinese. Both studies show that the vaccines in men drop sperm count and drop sperm motility. Those are the two major measures. So a man who's lower in the fertile range will be rendered infertile by COVID-19 vaccination for six months and then the man will rebound. The woman won't rebound because the number of eggs are set. So based on these observations, I can tell you as a doctor, almost certainly fertility is reduced in couples who have taken the vaccine. And uh, with each successive shot, there's probably even deeper levels of infertility. Now there are data emerging across Europe that since the vaccines have been rolled out and forced on the population, fertility is dropping across Europe like a rock. And this has been uh, published out. It's on multiple substacks. It's on mine on the Courageous Discourse substack. So you can see the source of the data. Um, but it's clear vaccines do reduce human fertility. What's really crazy is uh, and pretty wild if you look over the course throughout uh, COVID and this pandemic is we've really ignored the rational for the irrational. <laughs> like to your point, you're talking about how early on in COVID you're recommending treatments. Uh, treatments were ignored. You know, warnings about the vaccine that's been ignored. You know, questions raised about 
masks not doing anything that was ignored we ignored natural immunity which is pretty much been something that we have understood and abided by for forever so why why do you think in this era we have ignored the rational for the irrational every irrational move taken by the government authorities and this was worldwide was for one purpose and that was to get a needle in every arm if you map every single one of those statements you just made they all map to mass vaccination over and over again in the world unfortunately there's been a vaccine only strategy from the very beginning our u.s government hasn't said boo about early treatment early treatment developed rapidly i published one of the very first treatment protocols uh, by you know by october of 2020 uh, october 2020 we had a physician association the association of american physician surgeons had a full home treatment guide we had telemedicine networks prescribing medications for patients uh, individual doctors clinics we basically had provided an answer for america and we demonstrated by december of 2020 uh, multiple studies worldwide that we had clear and convincing evidence that we were on the right track. It means a p-value less than 0.01, that early treatment dramatically reduced the risk of hospitalization and death. Later on, there were surveys done, one by Verdkirk and colleagues, showing the only people in the United States hospitalized and died of COVID-19 were those who were denied early treatment. So it was always about early treatment for high-risk individuals. Low-risk individuals really don't need any prescription treatment. And that's what this whole pandemic was about. It was about treating sick patients. Our government impeded treatment. Uh, time after time, uh, they impeded and then blocked the use of hydroxychloroquine, impeded and blocked the use of ivermectin, impeded nasal sprays. Do you know virucidal nasal sprays, uh, dilute povidone, iodine, dilute hydrogen peroxide? Every single manufacturer of a nasal spray got tangled up by the FDA and FTC and had blocked development efforts, lawsuits. Our government blocked monoclonal antibodies. It kept taking them off the market when they were safe and effective and useful all the way through. Our government uh, never featured uh, proven medicines in randomized trials like budesonide, colchicine, and others. It just kept going and going. The only thing our government did the entire time was promote fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death, and then massively financially promote the vaccines and needle in every arm. That's what happened. And then also redefined things as well. I mean, the CDC redefined the definition of vaccine because we know that these do not provide immunity uh, in the traditional sense. And, you know, MMR or polio, they confer immunity. These do not. So also just redefining things that we have known to be true as well. Yeah, every rule was changed now for these vaccines. Every rule um, you know, there's an ethical code called the Nuremberg Code, which states we tried to learn from Nazi Germany research that we would never provide any pressure, coercion, or threat of reprisal for someone to take something new and experimental. It's purely up to their own judgment. Within a few months, our governments just trampled over the Nuremberg Code and told government employees, contractors, and militaries they had to take this. Uh, we trampled over human rights like we've never seen before. And this happened uh, over just a few months. And so everything was oriented towards the vaccines. And there's not a single place uh, uh, in uh, our government right now where the authorities won't drop these vaccines, despite pockets of great concern. You know, letters have gone from the Senate and the Congress telling Lloyd Austin and the military, drop the vaccines. 
Uh, the Biden mandates went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and four out of the five mandates were dropped, partly and based on my expert testimony for that case that went all the way uh, up to the Supreme Court. Um, I can tell you that there is an intense desire to push these vaccines at all costs. The most recent bivalent vaccines were pre-purchased by the U.S. government. They failed in animal studies to stop COVID. There was a false surrogate rise in the antibodies, and the bivalent vaccines were approved with no human testing. And then our government went out and told people to take it. This is unprecedented to, to ask United States citizens to take a product that's never been tested in a single human being. Unprecedented. Why are they pushing this so hard? We'd have to ask someone in a position of government authority why. We'd like to think that the presidents would know and be in level with us. We've gone through two presidents, uh, Trump and Biden. Neither one have been honest with America on this. Uh, we've had uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. He hasn't leveled why. Uh, White House coordinator Shaw, uh, CDC director Walensky, We've had prominent people from the FDA resign over this. People leave the CDC. No one will tell us why, why these vaccines won't be dropped, aren't being dropped because they obviously don't work and uh, they're not safe. We haven't covered safety yet, but the safety data are just are atrocious. Uh, Americans, every American knows this now that they take their life in the hands in their hands with each shot. Yeah, if you can get into the safety data a, a little bit more in terms of, you know, some of the adverse reactions. I know we have VAERS, but I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, we don't even that's not even that's scratching the surface. Uh, you know, I, you talked about a little bit earlier, but let's get into a little bit more the safety concerns, what we know, what we still don't know. The government sources of data that the CDC curates, one is VAERS, Vaccine Universe Reporting System. That's open to all of us. When people take a vaccine, they're told to consult VAERS so they can be informed on safety. And again, the CDC is confirming 15,732 Americans have died. And, and the reporting to VAERS is by doctors like me. I make VAERS reports every week in my practice, doctors, paramedics, coroners, nurses. It's really a medical reporting system. That's a, an astonishing number, uh, typically 5, 10, 15 the more than 50 deaths is pulled off the market. With the swine flu vaccine, it was 25 deaths pulled off the market. But to let this go on to 15,732 confirmed deaths, and the CDC confirms every single death certificate. They make phone calls, they confirm them. That's underreported, we believe, by 30. That means 450,000 Americans have died of the vaccine. I mean, that's a war. That's worse than any war we've ever been in. It's a self-inflicted death. There's an analysis by McLaughlin and colleagues early on in the pandemic from VAERS. It concluded 86% of the time there's no other explanation outside the vaccine that uh, the deaths are occurring in the elderly. And that's the reason why they're so hard to figure out because people are at the end of their lives. But the death rates are astonishing in the elderly. Uh, we know all-cause mortality is skyrocketing in every single data system. Uh, the the uh, Association of Actuaries are reporting this in life insurance data. It's coming out in every single data system that death is, is markedly increasing. It's not COVID, it's related to the vaccine. And then we have um, uh, just a, an array of other uh, corroborating sources. So for instance, Pfizer, in their court-ordered release of their dossier on their vaccine, Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of release of their vaccine. So Pfizer and the FDA should have pulled it off the market probably before February 1st of 2021. 
The FDA did not want to release that dossier to America for 55 years. The lawyer for the FDA fought the release of the Pfizer dossier. So our government is is involved right now in a pre, prima facie uh, uh, mass fatality cover-up of a drug, which is the Pfizer vaccine. Moderna looks no better. And Johnson, Johnson, Novavax, also very concerning. So that's just death alone. Multiple data sources confirm the vaccines are resulting in large numbers of deaths. How do people die? Well, now we have over 200 uh, papers in the peer-reviewed literature that uh, the vaccines cause heart damage, myocarditis. All of them do, by the way. And uh, the FDA admitted to this pretty early on in June of 2021, 20, uh, but we knew this long before this. Uh, Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, had shown beta coronaviruses damaged the heart back in 1992. So we knew it was possible that the spike protein would damage the heart. That's the reason why there was such a concern to screen for myocarditis during the first wave of COVID. Well, it turns out the respiratory illness uh, causes relatively few cases of myocarditis, but the vaccine causes large numbers. Two prospective cohort studies, one by Mansugian and the other one by Lepesic, now show when we measure everything at baseline, take the vaccine and measure everything again, the rate of heart damage is about 2.5%. And all for a virus that isn't that deadly on its face, that it really isn't much deadlier than the flu. So all this vaccine injury, this forceful nature, this you know eroding of the rules, of the norms, of you know everything rational and everything that has made sense, all for something that isn't really that deadly. The Great Barrington Declaration uh, proposed in October of 2021 by Jay Bhattacharya, who's in my group at Fox News. He's from Stanford. Martin Koldorf, also in my uh, media group uh, at Fox from Harvard, and then Sunitra Gupta from Oxford. And a million doctors signed it, including myself. It said, listen, only protect the seniors. That this is like the common cold for most young people like you and me. And for the seniors, it can be uh, like, like the flu, or and it can be fatal in people who are very frail. But we should only protect the seniors, no lockdowns, no masks. If there was going to be a safe and effective vaccine, it would only be for the seniors, maybe 2.7 million people. I'm not against vaccines, but they should always be targeted. We should never blanket vaccinate the entire population with a novel genetic vaccine. And, 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 and the fact that our government pushed vaccines into children down to age six months People should be looking at that and saying, listen, that's wrong. We, we would never do that in a rational civil society. Vaccinating pregnant women, people should look at that and understand that violates every bit of medical jurisprudence. We never introduce new dangerous injections into pregnant women, never. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology took money, a ton of it, from the federal government in this uh, community court program. It was a government bribe to put to push the vaccines on populations who, well, you know, good judgment would tell us to never do this. Quick break. Stay with us. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. 
and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm for vaccines that actually confer immunity, that are studied, that I need, you know, but this is none of those, which is why, you know, I didn't get it. I I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, you know, another thing that is odd to me is, uh, you know, if you look at where this virus came from, most common sense, just deductive reasoning would lead one to believe that it was a mistake at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, where the original outbreak took place, where they're studying coronaviruses. Uh, Yet we see people like Dr. Fauci still trying to hold on to the theory that it occurred in nature, which sort of just defies common sense. Why is he still pushing that when you don't have to be a a rocket scientist to see that all signs point to coming from the lab? It's a very thin veiled cover up. The the U.S. National Institutes of Health and the U.S. military DARPA through uh, these agencies they devised SARS-CoV-2. It was engineered. It's well-documented in all the peer-reviewed publications. Two publications that anybody listening to this can pull, first authors by Mena Cherry, senior authors Ralph Barrick, this University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Harvard, and the Swiss Institute, U.S. government dollars. They, pu- they did the research. They published their papers in Nature Proceedings, uh, Nature Communications, and the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, two of the best journals. These are widely read papers. The title of the paper say the emergence of SARS-CoV-2 into human populations. And it states that this is a U.S. funded project. It was conceived by U.S. researchers. The work was contracted out to the biosecurity annex uh, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They thank the Chinese for letting the U.S. use their facilities. The first paper has no Chinese authors. The second paper has three Chinese authors. But it's clear, the papers are clear, this is a U.S. project that intentionally made the spike protein more infectious and more lethal. They kept tweaking it and tweaking it until it can invade a humanized respiratory epithelial tract of animals and kill the animals. It was intentional. And at the same time, they were trying to come up with a vaccine and monoclonal antibodies as an answer. Remember, in, in military biological weapons research, they work on developing a threat and they work on developing an answer. But it's clear this is all fully disclosed to the public that this is a U.S. project that was done in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 
what Fauci and the others are trying to bank on is that no one would just read the papers published in the national you know, index in the National Library of Medicine published in good journals, and that they can fool the public by saying that, oh, it just arose in a fish market. It's clear the, the virus was physically in the lab. There must have been a breach of uh, lab security. Somehow the virus got out. Somebody went to the fish market, and then it went, it went from there. Uh, but these are these types of implausible, ridiculous things that our government agencies can say that said, can you imagine if they did, so, did this? Can you imagine if this happened? And uh, the first thing they came out and said, listen, we've got to tell you, the U.S. government was working on this. We were using a lab in Wuhan, China, and this accidentally got out. We're going to do everything in our power to try to limit this. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the fault here is ours. This was a U.S. government project, and here are all the papers that show it was. And we've been working on vaccines as a solution to this since 2012. And we have messenger RNA vaccines that we're going to advance. If President Trump came out and just told that to America, I think everybody would have a much different attitude right now. But we were lied to. We were lied to by government agency officials up and down with these thin veiled, implausible, almost ridiculous explanations for what happened. I don't trust any of our public health officials anymore. I even had my doctor try to, uh, one, they've tried to get me to get the vaccine. And I've basically told them to go fly a kite. And then she was also a doctor recently, tried to get me to take the flu shot. And I was like, I don't need that either. So I'm just, I'm sort of, you know, unless we're tried and true, like polio and MMR and things of that nature, I'm just going to opt, uh, opt out of <laughs> a lot of these recommendations because I don't trust these people anymore. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's pick up on the flu shot. You know, the flu shot is now advanced down to children age one. Age one, children don't get serious influenza at age one. You can see something's gone out of, uh, you know, out of the norm with the advancement of the vaccine schedule. When I was born, there were just three shots, five different antigens, but three shots. And I'm like you, I took them all and don't have any problem with vaccines. But you know, a child today faces 16 different antigens and 72 different shots. And in the first day of life, the baby's being given multiple vaccines and things that are that are absolutely not needed, like hepatitis B. I mean, I took hepatitis B before I started working with blood and body fluids in the hospital. That's the healthcare workers need the hepatitis B vaccine, not, not one-day-old babies, unless they're born to a, a drug abuser mother. I mean, somehow the vaccine schedule got way out of whack. And the vaccines are disappointingly ineffective. So, for instance, the flu shot last year, paper published by Chung and colleagues, MMWR, 16% vaccine efficacy that was statistically insignificant from zero, meaning last year's flu shot was a complete waste for everybody. The pneumococcal, 13-valent pneumococcal vaccine published in JAMA, its vaccine efficacy against hospitalization and death was 9% statistically insignificant from zero. So these vaccines that have been advanced out there are very, very effective. And I'm like you, I, I, I'm done with vaccines. I just said, I'm not taking, I'm skipping the flu shot. It's, it's, it's not worth it. Even if the rarest side effect happens, you've gotten a side effect and you've had no theoretical benefit. Now I'm approaching it from the standpoint of you're just trying to make money off of me, even if it negatively impacts my health. So, you know, unless I, I truly need something, I'm just going to opt out and then also do what we really should be have been focusing on this entire time is actual health. You know, eat healthy, work out, you know, be outside, get your vitamin D. 
like live a healthy lifestyle, which would create a lot more, you know, positive impact than, you know, giving people a, a vaccine that could be potentially injuring them for a virus that isn't a threat to their life. Like get outside, lose weight, be healthy. That's a very good summary. You know, I was doing research with SARS-CoV-2. I'm an internist and cardiologist in practice in Dallas, but I was had one of the first investigation on drug applications. I'm widely known to the FDA and to government officials. And, you know, the White House had called me early in the pandemic uh, for help. And so um, I uh, knew I was taking risks because I was uh, working in this area. So I intentionally lost weight and ran and got fit and strong. I knew I was going to get tagged. And sure enough, I got COVID and I got one of the early severe strains. Uh, I did get in an FDA approved early treatment protocol, uh, did involve my lungs, but, you know, I made a video showing, uh, you know, I could jog after about eight days. I was really short of breath, but I could do that. Got outside. And then we learned over time, boy, uh, losing weight exercise, so important. You emphasize vitamin D. Uh, virucidal nasal washes, that was a huge breakthrough. Everybody coming down with a cold nowadays should have dilute povidone iodine or dilute hydrogen peroxide, squirt it up the nose, sniff it back and spit it out. That is now survival number one. I carry it with me when I travel. Anytime you get viral, it works for flu, works for COVID, works for respiratory syncytial virus. It is the way to go. Uh, we should never let a cold fester up in our nose and get tons of congestion for days and days and days without doing something about it. That is a giant mistake. We should never sit and let a sore throat develop for two or three days and then let the nasal congestion. We should be gargling every every four to six hours, scope or Listerine, and kill the virus in the back of the throat. By reducing that viral burden, we make illnesses mild. By being fit and strong, even if we get severe cases, like I had some pulmonary involvement, I was nowhere near being hospitalized. I was out jogging by, by day eight. So it's certainly possible. Now, if I was obese, had diabetes, was weak and frail, I could have been on the mechanical ventilator in the hospital. It's so clear being fit and strong makes a giant difference. I've managed people in their 90s through this illness with the combination of early treatment protocols and the fitness and wellness concepts that you've put forward. Well, and also now we're finding out that long COVID is not because, you know, then there was the push about the vaccines is to prevent long COVID. And then we're finding out that, you know, long COVID is not what they're making it to be. Well, long COVID, uh, about 50% of people with serious COVID hospitalized end up with some residual symptoms and then a lesser percent of outpatients. But the vaccines make people feel sicker than long COVID. The CDC vSafe data, again, the CDC was refusing to release this to America. Finally, under court order, it was released to the NGO ICANN. And then Aaron Siri, representing that group, came on Fox News on primetime and gave the results. This was stunning. The vaccines incapacitate 25% of people. They can't go to work the next day or the day after. And 7 to 8% of them have to go to the ER and become hospitalized. That's acutely. That's way worse than long COVID. So we would never take a vaccine and end up in the ER be hospitalized because we're trying to prevent long COVID. These are ridiculous suggestions. They're ridiculous claims. So the vaccines have acute toxicity. I've already covered uh, myocarditis. Now the FDA, two years too late, admits the vaccines cause blood clots. And I've never seen so many blood clots in my practice ever. And the blood clots occur. They're large ones. They shoot to the lungs. They can be fatal. They occur on the venous side, the arterial side. We've seen public figure after public figure go down with blood clots. Al Roker, the weatherman on TV, Herb Kurtzstreet, the 
ESPN announcer Deion Sanders, a, a former football player, blood clots in his arterial system, shooting to his toes, amputations. The blood clotting situation is horrendous. And finally, our FDA is admitting to this. Um, watch out for anybody at risk for blood clots and taking these vaccines. But didn't we find out that for long COVID, it's uh, about the same as, you know, when, when you have other respiratory infections in terms of what happens to your body after that? Well, serious infections, people have hair changes, women can lose hair, nail changes, feel tired. I think COVID is unique because the virus stays in the body so long. There's a, a autopsy study by Chirk Tom and colleagues from the NIH so in showing the virus is in the body for many months after the infection. A lot of people don't realize this. So you feel tired and, and there's a recovery period. There's not much that can be done about it. But the vaccine makes long COVID much worse because it gives an extra installation of the spike protein and then increases these risks. Remember, COVID is a risk for blood clotting. Now you take the vaccine, now you have double or triple the risk of blood clotting. Then you get, get COVID again and then take more vaccines. We have never administered vaccines every couple months for an illness and get the illness and keep taking the shots. That's another thing people should recognize. That's nuts. Can you imagine getting mumps, then taking a mumps vaccine, then getting mumps again, then taking another mumps vaccine? We would never consider doing that. So you know that right now something is completely off the rails. You see Rochelle Lewinsky, our, our presidents, uh, people taking vaccines when they've already had the illness. Nobody should be doing that. I mean, former President Trump did that. And the question on the table is, what is he thinking? What is his doctors thinking? It, it, I mean, none of it makes it sense to me how, you know, they're like, oh, I, I got COVID, but I'm thank God I'm vaccinated and double boosted. And you're like, well, you still got, you know, like, like it doesn't make sense. Uh, you, this has been extremely informative, doctor. Uh, you know, one, where can people go and find your work? And then two, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Well, thanks for having me on the show. And you're doing such a great job out there, uh, young and dynamic. And I'm sure your audience is is huge. Uh, please go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. That gives uh, links to all the social media. I have, I think, the top doctor account on Twitter. I've been reinstated on Twitter. And uh, many people follow me there. I have a podcast, my own show, America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday on the podcast network. That's very highly rated and popular. I go worldwide on that since this is a worldwide problem. I want to hear from doctors who are innovating all over uh, the world. We take uh, the nation's questions on COVID, which is very important, every Wednesday on Pulse on America Out Loud. have a very popular substack called Courageous Discourse. I write with best-selling author John Leake. And we've also teamed up for a book that's doing very well called Courage to Face COVID-19, which is the only book in COVID that's written by a full-time real author who can write a gripping narrative and explains how I got involved, the White House and the U.S. Senate, and you know how did I set all the records on Joe Rogan and, and, and Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. It keeps going on and on. How did all this happen? This is the story of all time. And the only way we're going to get out of this is when the vaccines are completely dropped and we treat the remaining cases and we're going to have to pick up the pieces with deep investigation on who is behind all this and who's going to be responsible for the injuries, uh, the disabilities and the deaths that have occurred, both with COVID-19 and with the vaccines. Well, sir, I hope you know how much you're appreciated. Uh, we need leaders like you. I know it's not been easy. Uh, so thank you 
for what you've done and for speaking out. Uh, it's truly appreciated. And I think you're going to be remembered in history as one of the guys who helped, uh, you know, rewrite this. So thank you so much for everything you've done. Thanks for having me. That was Dr. Peter McCullough. Thank God for him and his voice and all of this and trying to bring some sanity uh, to a world of insanity. I want to thank you guys at home for listening. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting this all together every Monday, every Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. Uh, please leave us a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I love to read those as well. Thanks so much for listening. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.